Good morning, everyone, and today we are following up on why it's mentioned last week by looking to the topic of prayer and fasting. So, our focus will be more on the why we fast instead of the how, because there are many forms of fasting, and I don't believe that any one form is more pious than the other. Now, in principle, fasting means that we deny ourselves the wants of the flesh for the sake of making the needs of the spirit take priority in our lives. Over the past few months, I've been reading through the book Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee lived during the 1900s and was an influential church leader in China. This is the pre-communist China during the British control period for you history references, so that'd be early 1900s. Now, for those of you who are reading the blog, you'll see the photos I posted showing my bookmark for how far I've gotten in it. And in short, I haven't read all the way through. I'm still in the first quarter of the book, so I know I've got more to read, and he's got a lot of good things to talk about in the rest of the book. I really gotta get into reading more of it. But going back to my initial point for bringing up the book is that through his study, he has noticed that we exist as three parts of our being. And so mankind exists as parts to our person. That is, the spirit, the soul, and the body. This distinction is one that some people have a hard time figuring out the difference between spirit and soul, but you're not the only one if you don't understand the difference. I was like that as well, but Watchman Nee, when he was studying this and he was writing it out in his book, he explained it in a very simple way. So from God, we perceive the eternal spirit, and it is the spirit which remains once we die. The body is what we are physically. It's the part we interact with the world through. But the soul confuses people because it's the merging point between the spirit and the body. When the spirit and the body merge, we find the soul. And it's in the soul that we have our ability to think and feel. Between these three things, there's also a hierarchy that's meant to exist. And the hierarchy which existed when we were first made in the Garden of Eden Humans exist in proper balance within these three aspects. The spirit was meant to have the authority over the soul, deciding the directions of the thoughts, and thus influencing the actions of the body. The body would carry these things out in accordance to the will of God. When Satan came and tempted Eve, he inverted this authority. First, he appealed to the flesh, as we see in Genesis chapter 3. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads as thus. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? When the serpent asked this question, he gave the flesh a chance to supersede the authority of the Spirit of God which had been given to man. Before the fall, before the fall Watchman Nee states that these three things were in perfect accordance, because before the fall came, we were not yet corrupted, we weren't yet broken creatures, in need of the repair and the savior and being brought back to life. Which brings us, I'll get to that a little later, but I first want to finish this little tad bit of how that went when it comes to the rebellion. So by the flesh, the soul reasoned, and thus by its reasoning chose to rebel against God's spirit, which put the spirit to death. Now when the spirit was put to death, we also put to death our connection to God, and thus our connection to life. 
And ever since then, our soul has been dominated by one of two things. The first is it will be dominated by the flesh, and that is the state we are inherited from Adam, where the spirit has been killed, and thus the soul, our thinking, our reasoning, our feelings are all dominated by the things of the flesh, by the things of sin. Now, when Jesus speaks to us in Matthew 20, Matthew verse 16, chap, sorry, chapter 16, verses 21 through 25, he speaks about the need to put our old selves to death. And in this passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 25, Jesus has just predicted that he will be betrayed and crucified. Peter said to him, let not happen. And then Jesus looks at Peter and rebukes him, saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, things of men. You may think that's harsh, but Jesus was harsh in the rebuke because it was needed for the purpose of demonstrating the ignorance that Peter had for the ways of God. It's afterwards that Jesus then instructs the disciples with this teaching, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. It's also in this passage that we find the need to deny oneself. We find the teaching about that great need to deny ourselves daily to the things of the flesh. When Watchman Nee brings this up in his book, he talks about saying that there are many Christians who don't realize that the power of salvation is to be fully free from our sinful ways. Not only is the Spirit given to us, a new and the old soul, the old flesh is done away with, and the spirit comes in to give us a new way of thinking, a new way of being. But we also are now free to live separate from those old ways, to live in the new ways through the power and restoration of the Lord's Spirit within us. The moment of salvation is when we are made new. But each day we must choose to be submitted to the Spirit instead of the flesh. Paul speaks much about this in his letter to the church in Rome. In one verse I'm going to have quoted here, he says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. And that is from chapter 13, verse 12. I'm quoting from the New King James Version, just because that's the Bible I'm currently reading from. And in other sections of chapters 6 and 7, which are the ones where he most prominently talks about this fight within oneself and to be free from sin and the corruption of the flesh for the purpose of doing good. He talks about it everywhere in Romans, he talks about it in Corinthians, and many other of his books, because that's one of the things that's so important for us to realize as Christians is that. We are not meant to be held captive by the things of the earth, by the things of the flesh, and the things of the sin. Those things are meant to be done away with from us for the sake of giving us a new life led by the Spirit, for the sake of doing good. And this is something that we must understand when we look at fasting. Because the purpose of the fast is to draw closer to God. If we read Isaiah chapter 58, 
God is talking to Isaiah and telling them why he's not listening to the nation of Israel when they do their fasting. And in verse 3 through 4, God tells them what the people are doing that makes them not want to listen to them. They're exploiting their laborers, they're seeking their own pleasure, and they're stirring up strife. They're not coming closer to God, which is supposed to be the reason for fasting. When you read, but then starting in verse 5, continuing to the end of the chapter, Isaiah is contrasting the actions of Israel to the reason that he fasts. So he's showing them the right way, and that is a time to seek good, to seek God. That's a time where you're meant to desire to hear from God, to know his will, to ask ourselves to have our eyes open, to move in the ways that he exhibits his grace to others. Sorry, I misread that. We need to ask God to have our eyes open so that we can move in ways that exhibit God's grace to others. But the first list, sorry, but the first thing he mentions in the long list, Isaiah chapter 55, is to loose the bonds of wickedness. Meaning that the first reason why he went into the fast is to no longer be controlled by that wickedness. That through the fasting, we are able to gain the power to be free from that. Not so much that we gain the power through fasting, but through fasting, we draw closer to God. And by that, we are empowered. That's what Watchman Nee is talking about in this book. Well, it's one of the main things he talks about, but it's the focus of this episode. It's that we are, when it comes to being able to be free of sin and to not be overcome by it anymore, it can only be done when we have the power which comes from letting the Holy Spirit live within us. Last week I quoted John 15 about the importance of abiding in Christ and how without him we can do nothing for the kingdom of God. That includes living the life of holiness that we are called to live. The fast is to starve the body of sinful desires while giving the spirit what it needs to grow strong and maintain its authority in the balance of spirit soul, and body. Being nourished through the word of the Lord, the spirit gains the strength to do so. That's why it's so important when we do a fast, our purpose is to seek God. Now, this wasn't in the script on the teleprompter. I'm reminded of the verse in Matthew chapter 6, when he's saying, when the Pharisees fast, they put mourning clothes, they make themselves look somber, they sit in ashes, they tear their clothes because they want people to see that they're fasting. But when you fast, you go wash your face and don't let anyone know that you are fasting. But when your father, who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And what he talks about in that scenario is he's talking about the heart matter. If you read this sermon on the Mount, so much of that is about coming closer to the heart. And that's a lot of what Jesus was saying. Their culture at the time, he was so much about correcting the mistakes of going for the physical actions at the neglect of the spiritual, which is what they were dealing with in their time and era. I am way off script. Rather, I'm almost out of script since I've got to do the conclusion is all that's left. But there is so much that is coming out of doing a fast. And the whole purpose 
is just to come closer to the Lord by removing the things that distract us. In those days, that would be preparing food that they would not eat for a while for the sake of having that time to... Sorry, my brain just went out. I'm recording this at a later time frame in the night than I normally would, but I'm doing my best here. So, as I was saying, the purpose for the fast always be to come to the Lord by disentangling ourselves from the things that take our time. And so, until next time, I want to encourage you to figure out something you want to sacrifice. And then give that time to God. A fast doesn't have to be long. It just has to be for the purpose of seeking God. And just listening to Him. Some people do one day fast. Others do two day fast. Some people do, do a whole week. Like I'm going to be doing. But the purpose of it must always be to seek God first. That's what I want to leave you with. Until next time, abide in the Lord always. Take courage. May God be with you. God bless.